Hello and welcome to Teaching Sports, where we educate you on all Wisconsin sports, including D.C. Everest High School. Well, because we're teachers. The guys, Matt Bullis, Mike Matthews, Mike Sale, and C.J. Hansen, hey, that's me, will teach you all you need to know about the only teams that matter. All right, jumping right in, we are going to highlight some uh, of the Green Bay Packers uh, next podcast episode. Uh, Tune in for a little winter sports uh, preview, Uh, but right now we will jump right into the Packer game uh, that uh, we had a 13-7 loss to Kansas City, Uh, Jordan Love's first start as a Green Bay Packer in a regular season game. Um, and we will preview a little bit of the upcoming game against Seattle uh, on Sunday. So let's jump in. Uh, we w- need to start with Jordan Love. So love or no love, thoughts on Jordan Love's performance? I thought um, he was kind of what I expected. Um, a little shaky early, real shaky early, uh, especially on the run. Uh, but I thought he settled in a little bit and, and played okay. Um, that being said, I think if they had number 12, they probably would have won that game by double digits. Um, but I didn't think that he really let them down too much in any spot. I thought his interception that he threw wasn't a terrible throw. Um, you know, he, I guess, proved to me that he's not quite ready to be an NFL starter. Uh, and I hope that he's the backup in Green Bay for a few more years. Uh, whether or not that happens, we will see. Matthew's thoughts on Jordan Love's performance. Well, I think, you know, I thought my thoughts going into the game was he's going to have to manage the game. He doesn't have to win it. And I don't think he lost it. Um, you know, obviously the the blitz packages that he saw basically half the night. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if you... Obviously, teams don't blitz Rodgers because he's seen everything um, or he's able to manipulate the offensive lineman. You know, how many how many times on those blitz pressures is it, you know, because not the right line call was called or, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but he certainly didn't get a whole lot of time to throw. Um, but, you know, I don't know if he... I didn't see him like scan the field much either. You know, it seemed to be locked in on option one uh, most of the time, and <clears throat> I think that made it fairly easy for a not very good defense to play. Um, you know, Kansas City's defense isn't sparkling. They got a couple of really good players, but I think they've got a couple gaping holes that I think would have been attacked if twelve was playing. I thought they abandoned the run kind of early. Um, I thought that Love could have benefited from a couple more screens being called, especially against the Blitz. I know they tried one that kind of was unsuccessful. They couldn't really dump it off. He had pressure too quick, and and then, well, Aaron Jones got tackled, which I I heard the explanation. I still didn't like. Um, They said it's because it was play play action. action. But at that point, I thought the defender 
clearly knew that Aaron Jones didn't have the football and still I mean that's really subjective but I I, I really think the defender knew Jones didn't have the football but tackled him anyway so like to me I feel like it had to be a bang bang play to, like a lot of times on those like play action it's bang bang like soon as the quarterback fakes the handoff then he's getting hit and getting taken down this was quite after the fake handoff so I didn't like that call I understand it but I didn't like it bottom line is I thought if Kansas City was blitzing as much as they did you got to call a few more like screens and I think that would have and Lafleur said he called four screen plays okay and there were several that they ran but there was another I guess one that what I mean Jones is, got held on. Yeah, yeah. Um, that wasn't I don't a remember, play action I don't remember one, four. But he just said we called four. I would say then he's probably considering wide receiver screen a screen. I I, I mean to the running back or a tight end up the middle. Like, um, so I mean I just thought that that's one way to slow down the that. that I think you blitz. have to throw it outside though because there's so much coming in coming in his face. Sure. That, you know. You got to get it out in the flat or yeah. something. Well, know? I thought he abandoned the run too, um, but I don't know how much freedom they gave Jordan Love on Sunday to audible out of things uh, because it was kind of that same situation like Arizona where all of a sudden they had eight guys in the box, mm-hmm. and so did Lafleur give up on it because there's eight guys in the box and he thought there's no way we can we can run the ball. Was Jordan Love audibling out of it? I don't know. Um, I don't know if they gave him as much freedom as they did Rodgers or they just made a call and said, this is what we're doing. I'm glad Lafleur kind of owned Love's struggles a little bit in the press conference afterwards because I did think, too, my other point I was going to make about play calling was I thought there should have been a couple more slants or quick over-the-middle stuff, especially on those blitzes. Um, and it seemed like they were a little bit too longer developing plays against a blitz where you need to hot route, you need to get the ball out quick, you need someone to make a make a move across the middle and, and hit them in stride. Yeah. And Aikman and then, pointed that out one time where Adams did do that and Love didn't see him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like that to oh. me, like there should have been more play calls like that, so that get the ball out quick, um, you know, possibly a big play, right? Because Everybody's blitzing, so like you hit that over the middle, he breaks a tackle or, or a missed tackle, and he's you know gone. So I, I can't put a lot on Jordan Love. Um, obviously, there was some shaky throws, high throws, uh, throws a little behind. I thought in the second half he looked so much better than the first half. I mean, um, the one throw that he threw uh, back shoulder to Devontae, they weren't on the same page, but Devontae should have been looking for that. Um, it's interesting though, like someone pointed out, like he's never this year, I guess it's, at some point he did, but Devontae was out because of COVID protocols. Right. Jordan Love and Devontae never practiced again Correct. leading up to this. So how could um, they be on the same so, page? Then? Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I wish there would have been a few more quick hitters because like Mike said, I feel like he was locking on to his read and he was throwing it there. And he just kind of looked like the prototypical young quarterback where everything was moving way too fast at first. And he was not ready. You know, it was like a kid that comes up to the next level and college to pro, you know, high school to college, everything's moving fast. He wasn't quite ready for it. I mean, if you think about it, he's really only played a game and a half. I mean, the preseason, he lost out one whole game because of injury. So, I mean, since he's been a Green Bay Packer, he's basically had a game and a half, which was preseason action, which isn't even in the same as a regular season game. 
So, I mean, despite all that, he had moments where he at one point was had hit seven in a row uh, in the second half and was getting in a rhythm. And then there was a penalty, which I thought really sucked because it kind of took the sails out of that that rhythm of that drive. And um, But, I mean, I thought overall he did enough for that game to be won. I think it really came down to the special teams gaffes. Mm-hmm. And the defense played – if you hold a team in the National Football League – to 13 points, that should be a win almost every single time. And, and seven of them were the first drive. Seven of them were on the first drive. And then, it and then two, two field goals, one off of that muff punt, punt. muff punt, which was, in my opinion, on Ro- Amari Rogers not coming up and catching that ball. And the other was right before half. They drove down you know, with whatever time remaining and kicked the field goal 55 yards before half. Yeah, so which was a re- and it was a ridiculous field goal, 55 right. yards. It's not like... They they made a couple of nice plays, got down to you know the twenty and kicked a thirty-five yarder or whatever, thirty-seven yarder. Yeah, it was. A yeah, deep, I wonder on that one ball. punt. The one punt went over his head. That's a guy mm-hmm. with seventy-five yards in the air. So I was wondering if he was told to move back, and then the next that punt, the next punt is short. You know. Um, but a but, good punt returner runs up and makes that catch, though. Yeah. Like he was unsure. He like kind of ran up and kind of froze, and then by the time that he realized he couldn't get it, it's already bouncing, and then he's calling to get away. Like it was too late. Like, and then unfortunately the guy falls down and it barely grazes his foot. Like it was just kind of unfortunate all around. But I still yeah. think Rogers has got Amari Rogers has got to do better back there. Um, we almost got a break on a special teams where their punt returner dropped one and then recovered it. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we got to talk about the field goal issues. We had one blocked, which should never happen. And then two, it seemed like on the missed field goal that Crosby had that wasn't blocked, the laces weren't in the right place, and he hooked it left. Um, yeah, so what do we think special teams-wise? Is this on Mo Drayton, who's the special teams co- coordinator, or is this on – just some unfortunate things. Like, here's what I wrote down. We changed our long snapper recently. And yeah, that we, was a, this last week. Right. Which, and I don't remember a bad snap all year. He, It's such a weird scenario. Like, that guy was on the practice squad all year, the guy that they have now. And yeah. so he's been snapping in practice, and he's been working with those guys in practice. But I don't understand why they got rid of Hunter Bradley if he was that bad. Uh, and maybe, maybe – Crosby didn't like him. Maybe that was some of their issue, and that's why they got rid of it. Because why would you get rid of your long snapper unless there's glaring issues? But like Mike said, I don't remember it being glaring. Like I think this is probably the first time I've ever watched the Packer game where I immediately said, "Oh, the laces are right at him." So no, those guys yeah, are so good. That. Those guys are so good when they snap the ball. I listened to Chris Jackie on the radio this week. He was saying about his long snappers would say to him, "Hey, you know, today," or they'd tell the holder, "Today." Uh, we're about seven and three quarter yards, not eight, because I can just tell that the rotations aren't going to get, you know, they're going to be wrong at eight yards. So those guys are so good that when the holder catches the ball, he shouldn't even have a lot to think about. Just put it down. Um, and, and rarely do they spin it anymore because those long snappers are so good. Uh, and it looked like Bojo, the punter, did have, he had no inkling on spinning the ball. Well, and here's the thing we have to remember too that he, uh, Mason Crosby's worked with, um, a holder for a long time up until this year, right? Like J.K. Scott was the holder for the last whatever five years, whatever it's been. 
Um, and so now we get a great punter in who can actually boom the ball and has been doing great in that regard. And field position is a huge piece of a game. But if he's struggling to hold the ball correctly or then you have both the long snapper and the holder having issues, well, that sabotages your whole field goal unit. And not just that, but think about extra points. Like that can come back to bite you too mm-hmm. if you miss some of those. So it'll be that's a really big uh, thing to watch going forward because, man, a lot of times you can win or lose a game on special teams. I would say exhibit A is this game. If they take care of special teams, I think they win the game. Everybody blames the kicker. But um, another thing Chris Jackie said on the radio that I heard yesterday was that he had the easiest job of the three. He said, all I got to do is go up there and kick the ball, and I can kick the ball. But the long snapper and the holder have a more difficult job than what I have, and they have to get it right, or it does throw everything off. But then who do we blame? We blame the kicker. So um, interesting. Mason's been, you know, he, he's had, what, five five, six really good years in a row here. The last time he was poor was 2012. I remember that. Everybody wanted to get rid of him. I do remember that, too. Um, and he was 21 for 33 that year. Uh, and then 63% of his kicks went in. This year, he's uh, kind of trending down there again, 68. Um, how many of those were one game and then this past week? So uh, I don't know if it's time to panic yet, but like you just said, CJ, that can really impact the outcome of a game. Um, and, and last year, I looked it up today, I think he was 56 for 56 on extra points. Like the Packers' offense was so darn good that he was always kicking uh, extra points. He only had 16 attempts all of last year. Um, this year they haven't had as much success of getting the ball in the end zone, and so he's had more yeah. more attempts. Yep. Something they've got to figure out, and I'm sure that's got to be on top of the list this week and things to clean up. I just don't – I've so obviously, you know, you watch kickers for a while. Then I started watching, like, all Sunday night I just watched the kickers. And then Monday night's game I watched the kickers. And it just – he Mason just doesn't seem to get the elevation that a lot of other guys do. So – and I don't know, you know, obviously I don't know if that elevation is, like, immediate or, you know, how the angle works. But his ball just – when it goes through the upright and you kind of measure where it went through the upright, like there's other guys kicking it way higher up the upright, like on an extra point. Do you think his age and the ability to hit the ball as he used to in his younger years have kind of caught up a little bit? Like what do you attribute that to? Like that's the only thing I can think of is like he's been around for a long time. He's kicked for a long time. Maybe yeah. his leg is wearing down a little bit. Who I don't know. Like – I don't know. I don't know. He's always had a weird whip. You know, like, he just kicks it. It's just, like, snaps his leg. Like, he doesn't have this big, huge follow-through that, like, some, some guys go up do, there, yeah. like, they're kicking a 20-yarder, and they're looking like they're trying to kick at 60 yards. You know, and Mason always has just looked really comfortable, and he just yeah he just whips his leg he, through, and there's not a huge follow-through after the he, kick. He looks like he's hitting pitching wedge when the other kickers look yeah. like they're hitting driver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. that's a good yeah. comparison, um, yeah. And but I he's not getting the height of the pitching wedge. So. Right, yeah, yeah, there that's true. <laughs> he's blading it like I do have to <laughs> yeah. yeah. Over the green again. He's okay. sculling it, yeah, over, sculling the it green, over the green. Yeah, sculling it over the green. Okay, try again. Uh, what did you think about the defense, though? Let's talk a little bit about that. I thought uh, it's too bad Mike Sale's not here today. Um, we're talking about linebackers. Um, Chris Barnes, I thought was great. 
And even Oren Burks is playing better. That um, tackle he made yeah. on the sideline. I think you know the one yard line. Yeah. I think Oren Burks is the reason that they ended up cutting Kamal Martin because they like the way Joe Barry must like the way that Oren Burks can run. Um, he's played fine. Bur- you know, Barnes struggled a little bit a few games ago. I forget yeah, which did. one that was. Yeah, he did. But he played well the other night, and so I, I just really think that they t- they tackled so well again this week um, that it's really been a fun thing to watch. I'm just. Waiting, hoping, praying as a Packer fan that they can get both sides of the ball, you know, really clicking. And I really feel like they can do some damage here coming. And I up. feel like a big piece of the both sides of the ball clicking is health. We lose True. in the. I mean, before the game, Stokes is injured. Then Kenny Clark with a back in the middle of the game. Which, by the way, shout out to Slayton. That kid, T.J. Slayton, balled out afterwards. I thought he played really well. Rookie. Uh, Kevin King stepped up and had a pretty decent game. Um, so Kevin King's always been a pretty good tackler. He has. Yeah, he has. You know that is true. Um, but he covered a lot better. Um, I can think the only thing I'd really say with the defense is I don't think the linebackers get deep enough in the zone. You know, like mm-hmm. Kelsey was open a couple times, too many times in the middleish of the field, and I just think there's they, they don't get back deep enough, but. I mean that's I think that's a very simple fix and and stuff like that and obviously this this defense is really concerned with stopping the run. Yeah. Like we haven't been ran on this year yet, mm-hmm. like we have been in the past. Um, and maybe that's part of where the linebackers are up a little closer. I don't and, know. And good sign today. Kenny Clark was at practice and he yep. was a full participant. It sounds like. Wow. Um, Jair was there. They said for the first time since week four. Wow. He did not practice, but he was there talking on the side of the Zadarius Smith, who's there. Yeah, he's says, on the IR, so he doesn't come up on. Right. On the he practice come up on report, the report, injury report. But um, yeah, Kenny Clark practicing, and it was a very it was a walkthrough. Okay. So, I mean, there wasn't a lot of. Uh, physical things going on, which I don't know how much there is anymore in today's NFL in practice. <laughs> but that's a good sign that Kenny Clark is there. Eric Stokes did not, but it sounds like they're not limited too worried about long-term yeah. whatever he did, which is such a strange thing because there's no contact in warm-ups, so it has to be some kind of... Tweak. That's what scared me. I'm like, yeah. non-contact, Yo. you know, what's going on? You fear the on? worst, you fear yeah, ACL. Maybe he's got the same thing Malusi's got. Or yeah, something. Maybe. yeah, but it sounds like, I mean, not, they're, they're getting healthier... So let's just hope that those guys, uh, those guys are back here soon, Jair and uh, Zadarius. And then to transition real quick to offensive line, Bakhtiari, if he can, like again, sat out this week, didn't play. They have to activate. To, isn't it today? He was activated. He was today, activated. But today was the day. Today he had, he had to, be. to be activated, so he's right. activated. He's done for the rest yep. of the year. So okay. he's activated. Um, it will be curious if he. Um, plays this week in Seattle or against Seattle uh, because my biggest frustration other than the things we mentioned was Royce Newman uh, offensive guard Uh, I just thought he struggled mightily he had a couple times he got beat off the line uh, had a penalty a couple penalties Um, I in my opinion I think he goes to the bench when uh, Bakhtiari comes back and Myers comes back. I don't know if when Bakhtiari comes back if, if that's enough to move Newman to the bench. But um, for sure, if Myers and Bakhtiari come back, uh, Newman's got to go to the bench for sure. Uh, struggled. 
I agree. He struggled mightily. Um, I saw he graded out like one of the lowest offensive line grades of the season across the entire NFL. Yeah, that hurts. Um, that hurts. I, I don't know that they'll do this because I don't know how versatile those young guys are, but I wish that if Bakhtiari plays this week and Elton's back at left guard, that they put Runyon over at right guard. Um, whether or not they'll do that, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I really think they need to take a hard look at putting Lucas Patrick there once. I agree. If Myers is healthy here soon. Because uh, I, I feel like Newman's kind of been the weak link all year. I, I agree I mean, as well. He really struggled Sunday, but I think I think if if you talk about all five of those guys that have played most of the snaps this year, um, I think he's been, or six guys, I guess, if you count Myers, he's been the, the, the worst one, I, I guess you would say, out of the group. Yeah, when you're notice like as a fan, when I'm noticing Newman because of the bad plays, like that's offensive linemen, you don't want to notice them, right? right. Which means they're doing their job. That means things are going well. Yeah. But I, I kept noticing, well, where's that pressure come? What the heck? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was Newman. Oh, where'd the Newman? Yeah, Newman. <laughs> uh, good old Seinfeld reference. Uh, how we feel about. The upcoming game against the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson will be back starting for Seattle, um, but he's been out for a number of weeks. Uh, how are we feeling about the matchup with the Seahawks? It's surprised Russell's back, but um, he's some kind of miracle healer like Reggie White was. Um, <laughs> apparently he had two different things in his finger that were fixed, but... Um, I really feel like it's a game they probably, I don't know how to look at the point spreads. They should be favored by four, you know, three, four points at least. Um, but like Lafleur said, it's such a strange situation where you're going to have one guy taking all the QB1 reps all week in practice and then the other guy most likely playing, uh, provided that he doesn't show any symptoms of any uh, COVID on Saturday. Um I think if Rodgers plays, you know, you're a little worried about the sharpness of him. Mm. Uh, he really hasn't been on the field with his team since Arizona because um, they didn't practice up until, you know, he had tested positive last week, I think on Wednesday. So he never took the field with them on Wednesday. And they were on that mini buy after the Thursday night game. So, but I mean, he's a, he's a, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer in the future for a reason. Um, if he plays, I really feel like the Packers. If he plays Bakhtiari's back and they start to click a little bit, I feel like this should be a 7-10 a, a to 10 point win uh, by them at home. I think it's going to be an electric atmosphere uh, with Rodgers back and if Bakhtiari's back. I did hear uh, McAfee. McAfee asked the question, who are they announcing this week? Is it the defense yeah. or is it the offense? And Rodgers yeah. said, I think it's the offense. It's the so, offense. Um, I feel like if uh, Rodgers plays and Bakhtiari plays, that place is going to be in a frenzy. Thoughts, Matthews? Um, you know, I I guess pretty much agree everything Matt said because, yeah, Rodgers hasn't uh, practiced much, but certainly Russell Wilson hasn't really, you know, done a lot for a month. So, yeah. um, you know, they both could be rusty, but... The rust bowl. Um, you know, you still think that, you know, talent-wise, we're better than them, and being at home should help. And I think it's going to be a zoo if, you know, if Rogers starts, then it's really going to be loud. I think so. Um, and if he doesn't, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see the adjustments that, you know, Lafleur made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if Jordan loves quarterbacking and Seattle's constantly blitzing, and you know, Ken Norton's not a big blitz guy, but, you know, they have that. 
that one safety they have, he could be blitzing all the time. Adams. Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. My I, opinion is if the defense shows up like they have been, if they play like they did against Kansas City and can hold Seattle to 13 points, it's a win. Regardless whether Love plays or Rodgers plays. That's my opinion. I don't know. Um, obviously, so many things can happen, but that's how I feel about that game. Um, last thing we should talk about before we move on to the little Badger talk is OBJ or no OBJ. My thought is he ends up with New Orleans. If he is being honest that he wants to come to a winner, I think he ends up in Green Bay, but... I think obviously with him not being there already, that there's some kind of inner struggle going on with him, whether he wants to go to Green Bay or he wants to go home. Um, and I think that CJ is right. It's going to be New Orleans or Green Bay. I don't think it's going to be Kansas City because I don't think Kansas City has a squad this year that's going to challenge for the Super Bowl. Um, so he's kind of weighing his options. I know. I hope that he chooses Green Bay for the veteran minimum, and if he uh, wins a Super Bowl, then he can sign with his hometown team next year. But we'll uh, we'll see. I really thought it would be over by this point on a Wednesday afternoon, but um, so far nothing. Uh, I could take him or leave him. Yeah. You know, if he comes, I think it'll help. If he doesn't come, I like the receivers we have. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's I guess there's a lot of contenders out there um, that he could go to. Um, obviously, New Orleans seemed to be the most aggressive trade wise according to most of the media outlets, but they just couldn't work anything out. Um, you know, I thought Baltimore would be a curious one. You know, that they, is a curious they one. could use... Um, but now Bateman had a really good game against the Vikings. He's finally healthy. Yeah, he's so, healthy, finally, for um, like the first time all year. You know, um, somebody mentioned the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard like, that, yeah, that's a... Uh, possibility well, I think you Belichick know, sees so. it kind of like Randy Moss yeah you know the only issue is that you have a rookie quarterback who's doing well right. but like it's not Tom Brady right, right? like yeah. I don't know you just think I mean OBJ is obviously a big personality and everywhere he's been he's had complaints about who's throwing him the ball so you'd think he'd want to go to where you know New Orleans doesn't have a quarterback right now I mean no. you want to go play for Trevor play with Trevor Simeon, Simeon or yeah. Aaron Rodgers right that's um, you know, I, I just really think it would open up a lot for Devontae, even for MVS. Um, you know, and I even thought, and I don't think they would do this, but Lazard's such a physical guy. Like, does he almost become like a little pseudo tight end, like Tanyan, you know, where Tanyan yeah. played, and mm-hmm. then uh, OBJ, MVS, and Devontae are. My only question about OBJ is like, he talks the game of maybe going to a contender, but he's also a very me player. So if he doesn't feel like he's going to get the targets, which I think was part of the problem in Cleveland, mm-hmm. right? Because they like to run the football, and he didn't get the ball thrown to him. Then why, like, then why would he go to Green Bay, right? Like he can go to New Orleans, be their number one receiver. He can go to New England and be their number one receiver. Like he can go and walk in the door, and he's the best receiver on the roster. He goes to Green Bay, he's definitely two, and maybe some would even argue, maybe not even. Um, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be. be Devontae curious. said they talked. He and OBJ talked, but um, he said, and Elton Jenkins said today, you know, we have a Super Bowl roster. If he wants to win, he'll come here. So, I mean, the players are lobbying for it. It's just, will it happen or will it not? And that's a two-way street, right? Like Green Bay can offer, 
but OBJ's want, got to want to come right. too, right? Like right. so, like even if he doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that we didn't try. Right. It just means maybe he just didn't want to come. Yeah. And again, he's got to feel like. Either I place winning a Super Bowl higher than my personal like targets, or I want to be part of like catching the football a lot. And I'll be honest, receivers like to catch the football a lot, so we'll see. All right, let's move to the Wisconsin Badgers football, and then we'll talk a little Badger basketball as they tipped off uh, yesterday. Uh, Badger football, fifty-two to three. Over Rutgers in East Rutherford. Well, what is that? Where do they play? No, Piscataway. Piscataway. There we go. Piscataway. Um, that was just a dominant effort. It was unbelievably um, dominant by by Wisconsin on both sides of the football um, defense. Anytime you can hold a Division One opponent to three points over the course of a game, including when your backups come in. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Mertz had a really nice game. He threw a pick early, uh, which we then took the ball back right away from Rutgers, but finished with 240 yards passing and three TDs, which is the best game he's had all season, um, 11 for 16. But really it was about the ground and pound for for Wisconsin. They had... Five running backs go for more than 20 yards. Um, we had a couple of true freshmen carry the ball. Jackson Acker got his first carry of the season, and he promptly took that to the house for a touchdown. Um, we had Julius Davis get his first carries of the season. We had a walk-on, Grover um, Grover B, uh, get some carries. Like, it was crazy. We went down the, the pecking order. Um big games um Bo Allen again had a huge game as a true freshman 15 carries 129 yards and a touchdown 8.6 yards per carry average that's insane the big question though is Malusi non-contact injury as as the running back and not sure on his status now he was listed as questionable for the game upcoming against Northwestern but they were still kind of waiting to see some things and we haven't heard anything there thoughts on the badgers over rutgers anything to to add on that not really i didn't see much of it uh early because i was at a my daughter's youth basketball tournament and by the time i got home it was like well i don't really want to watch this <laughs> it's, it's over 42 to whatever it was to three but yeah it's not I, I watched a little bit of the highlights and whatnot on youtube and it just looks like they just thoroughly dominated from the start and so um i guess interested you know going forward with the running back situation you know we've talked about it a little bit uh before about the transfer uh or the the guys dismissed from the team and then a transfer and so um you know they they it's a college team it's not a professional team so there's an abundance of of guys on on campus on the team that can run the ball but um you know braylon allen's been outstanding but he's kind of had that other guy with Malusi there so hopefully you know Northwestern we'll, we'll talk about that I guess in a little bit here Northwestern is not the most stout against the run so hopefully they'll be okay but uh, good win Badgers are playing well you know they have three games here left in the regular season that uh, I really think that they should win but um, got to go out there and win them Matthews yeah I didn't watch much either and then when I did turn it on and there wasn't much to watch <laughs> 
Um, you know, I think they're obviously the offense is coming around a little bit, and uh, the defense continues to dominate. Um, so um, certainly, you have three winnable games in front of them, and they are recently just ranked 18th in the college football playoff as well. And if you would have told me that uh, after a couple of games earlier this season, I would have laughed in your face. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so that's a test. That's really a testament to though coach Christ and the players in the locker room sticking with it, not giving up on the season. Like I got to give a lot of credit to the staff at Wisconsin, a lot of credit to the guys that are sticking around now. Obviously there's been some transfers out and a lot of players have responded with, well, if you don't want to be here, see you later. Um, college football playoff picture, thoughts on that? Any, anything to share on uh, thoughts on the college football playoff picture, the top group there? Cincinnati continues to get the shaft. Um, and then I just – I didn't see it last night, and you obviously had sent that to me later in the evening. It, it's interesting, like, obviously Oregon – Beating Ohio State head to head mattered, but then Michigan State, Michigan didn't matter. So it's just, it, I'm really losing faith. Uh, kind of like the, uh, um, kind of like politics. Like, what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's what whoever the committee wants to put in, they're going to put in, and it's just kind of a joke. Seems to be very inconsistent, and that's going to always create controversy. I mean, Georgia and Alabama are going to play in the SEC yeah. title game. So are they both just going to be in? Well, I think if Alabama loses, that's two losses for Alabama. And then what do they do? If they put them in over someone else, there's going to be some major. I agree with you. They shouldn't be in, but I don't trust that they won't put them in. They'll put them in. And the thing is, is they won't put them at four because then they would have to play again. So they put them at three. Well, that's really a kick in the pants to everybody else. Um, I I don't know. Losing losing faith. I did see the Badgers were projected last week to go to the Las Vegas Bowl and. being that my winters are now a little more free than they have been in the last twenty years, that kind of piqued my interest. And now this week, I saw they kind of piqued your interest. Too good. They're the Badgers are playing too well. Now they're projected to go to the Outback Bowl in Tampa, and I was like, no. Let's... Well, because here's the thing: it, if they beat Northwestern, Nebraska, and Minnesota, and Minnesota, they're going to the Big Ten championship game. Yep. Uh, now, albeit with three <laughs> three losses, but. You know, if they have a good showing in that game, probably against Ohio State, or somehow because their defense is ridiculous, they pull off an upset. Like, what do you do with them? That like, right? So it'll be really. I mean, obviously we're jumping ahead of ourselves, but uh, it's fun to do that. It is. Uh, Now we got Northwestern coming up. It's a Badgers are a twenty-four and a half point favorite in this game. Yeah. Now, I know Northwestern has really struggled this year, but, oh, my gosh, that's a huge line right there. That's a huge line there must right be, there. I'm not a betting expert. There must be an abundance of money that comes in every week on Wisconsin because they have not been an underdog even through those downtimes. Remember, they were favored against Purdue. They were favored against Iowa. And now they're like 24-and-a-half-point favorites. Like, there's got to be a lot of – people must love to bet Wisconsin. It has to be that. And I think Vegas, like the the people that put the lines together originally too, like they do so much research and oh, statistical analysis, and they're like incredible. they're usually pretty, they're good. pretty good. And that's I mean, that's a hard skill. Like that's not an easy thing. So that's pretty impressive. I, um, I've been told that it's very hard to gamble on sports. I don't know. I've never done it, but 
Um, anyway, the the Badgers. The badgers. Is that what it says on your white T-shirt? <laughs> the Badgers do it when I'm out there, but that's not very often. The Badgers, I think that 52 to three thumping on Rutgers is kind of driving that number too. Probably. Um, and it's at home. They play at home. Right. Um, and Northwestern has had a rough season. Yeah, they have yeah. not been good. Um, to me. My questions are, can Mertz continue to take positive steps like he has the last few games and be an effective game manager? They're not going to ask him to go out and win games. They're asking him not to turn the ball over, to make sure the handoff gets in the belly of the running back, and to hit some throws here and there to like keep the chains moving. But um, I liked, though, what they did against Rutgers early. Uh, they had a couple first down throws. Can you believe that? Um, because I wasn't watching. Exactly. So... You know that that's big. Um, Northwestern is 241st in points scored, and they've played four different QBs this season. Uh, tee up the defense to dominate yet again. They have three wins, and I think uh, one of them is a conference win. I, I don't remember who they beat, but their other two wins are against small schools. So um, Pat Fitzgerald's a great. Coach. I do like him as a coach. Great coach, and they always give Wisconsin fits, but. I, According to the experts here, it looks like it shouldn't be much of a, uh, a fit this year. Last night, Badger basketball got underway with their first game against St. Francis Brooklyn. Uh, the Badgers were able to win 81-58. to um, I followed that game pretty closely, but I do not have Big Ten Plus because I'm not a millionaire. So... Um, what I read about and what I saw in the box score and followed on Twitter was that, well, first of all, true freshman Chucky Hepburn, the first true freshman to start for Wisconsin since one Devin Harris 20 years ago, who we all know was a stud, um, looked really good. Um, you know, played really well, looked really good, scored 13 points, uh, played great defense kind of as the engine that's going to get them to go. He's a lot more athletic than Demetric Trice was, uh, and he likes to push the tempo because in high school he pushed the tempo. So the Badgers actually last night scored, I think I, I heard uh, it was 13 or 15 fast break points, which um, they little, don't do that. Little and so a little different uh, style of play this year. Um, big uh, seven-footer crawl inside He's a sophomore. He was a true freshman last year. Had 11 points, 9 rebounds, and looked really good, I guess. And then Johnny Davis, who's the probably the face of the team as a sophomore, um, was the go-to guy. He had 15 points. He had also had five assists with zero turnovers and kind of was the playmaker, uh, which was what you want from him. Now, I know it's early, St. Francis, Brooklyn, but um, there's some – some fun to watch with this team. They're different. They're more athletic. Um, and I think this is going to be a better brand of basketball for viewers. I was very disappointed that it was on Big Ten Plus myself. I was too. I was really excited to watch them, mostly because I was kind of tired of watching that group of kids that now has moved on from Wisconsin, uh, except for Brad Davidson. Who will um, be there for eternity. Yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's granted to play forever. Um I'm really excited to watch him. I had two real good friends that were there, and they told me that Chucky Hepburn reminds them um, of a more athletic um, Jordan Taylor. Oh, yeah. Uh, who was a really good player for the Badgers. Um, 
I was surprised about the first true freshman to start since uh, Devin Harris because I thought uh, Sam Decker did, but um, must not have. Um, Came off the bench that year. Yeah. Played a lot, but yep. didn't start. Um, Crowell, I'm excited to see, too. He didn't play much last year, but he's apparently really developed. You know, the Badgers are always good for that. Um, that Frank Kaminsky, Ethan Happ kind of kid that doesn't play a lot early, but develops into a nice player. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, with Hepburn, uh, who appears to be the real deal, uh, Johnny Davis, who I think is the real deal. He's just such a quiet guy that you don't hear much about him. Um, I really think that they'll be okay. I don't expect them to win the Big Ten or even be in the top four of the Big Ten. But um, Wisconsin, when Wisconsin is Wisconsin, they they really surprise people. And so I'm just excited to watch a different brand of basketball yeah. this year. Yep. Thoughts, Matthews? Um, yeah, I guess I didn't really see the game. I didn't really read much about it. Um, basically because it was St. Francis of Brooklyn. <laughs> Um, Isn't that when she narrowed down to lacrosse in St. Francis? Of Brooklyn, <laughs> I thought it was St. Francis of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm sure there's one. There is that one of those I've too. Heard of? Yeah, there's one of those. Too. Um, a couple St. Francis's you know, around. Yeah. Um, so whatever, we'll see how they do against UWGB and Providence in their next two games. Um, yeah. Not that GB should be out, you know, overly outstanding, but obviously Providence is, you know. More formidable opponent. Correct. They're honoring Bo Ryan at halftime on Friday. I did hear that. Green Bay because yeah. uh, good game to pick because his son is the head coach for for uh, the GD. Phoenix. So yep. Yep. Uh, I haven't looked ahead. I hope that it's not on Big Ten Plus. I hope that we can watch it, but I don't know um, if we can or not. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, briefly talk a little Brewers here. Uh, in the off season so far, we've had a couple of. Lists come out for awards, and it looks like Corbin Burns, along with Max Scherzer and Zach Wheeler, is on, on the Cy Young finalist list. Uh, and Craig Council, uh, along with Gabe Cla- uh, Kapler, and a month ago was fired Mike Schilt, uh, who's also on the list for Manager of the Year, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, thoughts on those lists? I think Burns wins, and I think Gabe Kapler wins. Um, you know, just comparing the years of the three pitchers, Zach Wheeler threw a ton of innings. Um, but Burns' productivity numbers were better. Um, Scherzer, I think, got it more from reputation. He didn't have a Max Scherzer season even. but um, So I think Burns is the highest quality there of the Cy Young. I think that's announced tomorrow. Um, and you know, I think Kapler, what he did at San Francisco was yeah. phenomenal, yeah. you know, fighting off the Dodgers all year. Um, you know, obviously they didn't get to where they wanted to in the end, but the manager of the year is based on the season, regular the season. postseason. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously council's been in the running before, um, but I just don't think you can really argue with what Gabe Kapler, uh, did. I would agree. And the council, usually the bridesmaid, not the bride. So, yeah, yeah it's fit with the, the theme, right? Going into uh, the Milwaukee Bucks wrapping up tonight. Uh, Bucks sit at five and six. Uh, still need a couple guys to get back healthy. And, and Brooke Lopez and uh, Mr. Middleton uh, still in COVID protocol. Um, 
And DiVincenzo. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, and DiVincenzo. I don't know when I don't know what his time, timeline is. I haven't is, heard but... much on him, though. Yeah. That's the weird thing that nobody's really said much he, on him. I mean, he walks normally, you know, because when you see him on the sideline right. and walking around and stuff. So, But obviously, that's not game. Right. I did hear Reggie Miller say quite a bit last night that look out for this team when they get healthy. They play so well even when they're, you know, shorthanded. He's like, man, can you imagine them at full strength? And this is, again, the defending champs. So when they get their boys back, look out, which I thought was pretty fun. I just think that John Horst signed two great guys. With Grayson Allen fits, as much as I dislike the guy, he fits perfectly. And so Semi Ojale is, he's better than P.J. Tucker. I mean, maybe he's not the defensive prowess but he's pretty darn good defensively and he shoots the ball like I just feel like those two guys really fit and then you have George Hill who you know I wish he played more right now so you don't see Justin Robinson ever um but they really I don't know I think that they're gonna really hit their mark when they end up getting those guys I just don't know what it's gonna be well and to, to back to your Grayson Allen comment you can tell he's so much more comfortable 11 games in than he was three games yeah. in. Like, he just seems to have clicked the, you yeah. know, like the last, I'd say the last three games he's shown out. And I think it's just comfort. I think it's just he's kind of figuring out what they want of him and where he fits best. And now he's just playing. And, uh, you know, he can be that knockdown shooter that he's been. Like, that, that just, like you said, Matt, like opens up so much for this team. Tonight's a big game. They play at New York. I mean, it's not a big game because there's 82 of them, but they've already lost to New York twice. Um, so that's got to be sticking in Giannis's craw a little bit. And, um, hopefully, um, you know, it's a back-to-back, though. So um, who, who knows if, like, Drew Holiday, if he's playing much on back-to-back yet, or even Portis, who I thought Portis played really well last night. Um, but... Uh, it'll be it'll be nice. I, I I wish I knew. I wish we knew a little more of a timeline on Brooke Lopez, um, but I saw there were some things out there of like the the waiver wire or who the Bucks could maybe look to go after as a, another center, uh, like a backup type center. But I'm like I just don't know if you really need to add one right now. I mean if Brooke comes back, I think most and, of them were Europeans, weren't they? Yeah, there was. Well, there were two guys from um, New Orleans. Uh, yeah, New Orleans. Yeah. Um, and then the one guy from Memphis or no Oklahoma City. Yeah. Yeah. I, two out of the is, two of the three were European guys. Yeah, Valen or uh, yeah, Valanchunas is that how he's the starter in New Orleans? So it wasn't yeah. him, but it was the guys that were after him, Jackson Hayes, and I forget the other. Okay. One, but yeah. I don't know that that's really a necessity right now. I mean, I mean, it really depends on Lopez and his injury yeah. and how long it's going to be and like what he's going to look like when he. I mean, there's a lot hanging in the balance, but if. If these guys come back and they're all good, I don't really see much that you have to add. I, I feel like the roster construction as it is is pretty legit. A back is a tricky thing, and we haven't really been told much what it is. But like I think you said last week, he looks like he's fine on the sidelines. He's jumping around the other night, yeah. arguing a call. and There was something last night, I don't know if you guys saw it. I was watching it live, and I'm like, what in the world? They called a T, like Danny Crawford, yeah. I think it was, called a technical on the Sixers bench. I think it was Andre Drummond. And Doc Rivers and Sam Cassell came out and started arguing, 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 and they rescinded the technical. Yeah. And then gave them the ball out of sight, out of bounds. And Reggie Miller's like, I've never seen, seen that. that. No. Like, what do yeah, you mean? I was watching at that time rescinded too. Rescinded a technical. It was yeah. so weird. Like, how like, do you give a technical and then? How can you argue yourself out of a technical? Yeah, that doesn't make any like, sense. But if you heard enough to call it, 
I mean, I've never seen any ref necessarily like recent, like they usually like, Ever. if they make the call, they're sticking yeah. with it. Even if they realize it's yeah, wrong, they're right. like, well, I made it. So I'm sticking with Like, what, that's what weird. Like, that's there was weird. a fan behind us? Well, I would have pulled that one out if I knew <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure they've heard that one before. I mean, come on. Like you said. I have fans never, behind like, us was even if referees make a, call, a regular call in the game and they know, ooh, I think I missed that one, they're not going to take it. It's called. Yep. You know, they're yeah, not taking done. it away. The call stands. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, that is that's ridiculous. Now, I did read a couple things. Again, I didn't see this happen, but apparently Giannis went up for alley-oop twice, got pushed from behind by Drummond twice, which is called a foul, but it's side out. It's not shooting foul. And a lot of people in the basketball community kept talking about that needs to be changed. It needs to be a shooting foul. You need to get two because you are going to be getting the ball and right. putting it in the hoop. And just be, and, but and it's dangerous. And sure. some people are even calling like what happened like that should have been a flagrant because Giannis is flying through the air and he gets two hands shoved and he goes sprawling, uh, and it was just a common foul side out. So I thought that was really interesting too, like uh, revisiting kind of that rule change or, or call. The East is going to be interesting because there's a lot of drama in the East with Ben Simmons, um, and now even with the Celtics, apparently Jalen Brown and. And uh, Jason Tatum, they don't think that well, those Jalen two can Well, Jalen Brown co- just got hurt too, yeah, right? they don't know if they can coexist together, and so they're looking at dealing Jalen Brown. Uh, there was even a, a talk of um, Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving uh, so that Kyrie could play. It's just it's Kyrie was dealing. in Boston already, right? Yeah, but that would be Sixers, Nets. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's but right. it's going to be interesting to see what's going on. I really feel like they're all chasing the Bucks yet. Um, the Heat are, are good. Um but I think the Bucks are have themselves in position to uh, defend. They just need to get healthy. Man, it'll be really – again, this is early in the season. It'll be really interesting, um, you know, in the next two weeks if we start to see Lopez, you know, hopefully Middleton will be back here shortly in the next week or so. And then what, what happens with DiVincenzo? When is he going to get back? And then what that looks like. Because then, you know, you got to gel again a little bit, right? Um, so can they stick around that 500, maybe get over 500, and then string some things together? I mean, they still need to not only make the playoffs, but want a decent seed, I would guess. You don't want to be like the, the seven four. or We don't want to be the five four or, or four or know. five game. Yeah, so that... That'll be interesting too, because right now they're sitting at five and six, and I know it's early, but you don't want to dig yourself into too big of a hole. So, all right, anything else, guys? We're good. All right. Uh, this time next week, OBJ will be a Packer. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, that's it for teaching sports. As always, we hope you've been educated. <laughs>